bringing you all of the local motocross racing from North Carolina, Virginia, and the surrounding states. The Imperative MX Podcast. Here's another episode. And we're back and ready to rip here on the Imperative MX Podcast, episode number 27. And man, we're glad to be back for another week and another episode. We could bring in you all of the local motocross action from North Carolina, Virginia, and the surrounding states. Thank you so much for joining us this week on yet another episode. I am your host, Zach Newberry, and we would like to thank everyone who has been enjoying these first couple of episodes already and the great positive feedback from these from you guys, the listeners, has been phenomenal. If you have not yet checked out any of the past episodes, do yourselves a favor and check them out after this one, which is now available everywhere you get your podcast: Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, Pandora, Listen Notes, and many more to choose from to listen to past episodes with awesome guests. It is fantastic to see the support from the local community and even outside the local community support in the sport of motocross. And I tell you what, we are a part of an awesome sport, and I want to thank you guys, the listeners, once again for tuning into this week's episode here on the Imperative MX podcast for another episode. We have a lot to talk about when it comes to local racing all the way to professional and everything in between. With that, there are a good amount of talking points to chat about within this episode number 27. First, we will get into some local races coming up and state championship races happening this weekend and much more from the local motocross community. We have a call in from our newest writer and journalist on ImperativeMX.com website, 20-year-old West Virginia University's own Trey Steyer, to speak on his background in the sport, what made him interested in becoming a journalist in the sport, 2024 career numbers. Of course, Motocross of Nations is coming up this weekend, so we'll talk to him about that and much more. Then we will have racer... Devin Syveson call in to speak about his 2023 season, racing some uh, MXGPs overseas, his next year plans, local racing, and much more. And of course, at the end, we will always wrap it up and uh, talk about some other stuff. So make sure to tune in to this awesome episode. Make sure to check us out by searching Imperative MX on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Threads, TikTok and all of our other social media accounts if you have not already done so. And thank you guys so much for supporting us on all of our social media platforms as we continue to grow. And before we talk any further, we have to say thank you to all of the sponsors on board here on the Imperative MX podcast. West Virginia Motorsports, FXR, Silver Valley MX Park, Hydropower, Dirt Industries Custom Graphics, Mika Metals, Total Control Racing Suspension, and PR Motorsports. We will get into more of these awesome companies behind us here in just a bit. Don't forget to check out ImperativeMX.com when you get a chance. A ton of new things are in the works right now, so be on the lookout for some exciting things coming to the website in the near future. Support the ones that support the sport like these companies helping us out with this podcast to bring you these weekly episodes. And of course, helping me break down all of the talking points 
for tonight's episode, the highly likable, knowledgeable, your District 29 2011 C-Class champion, co-host Heavy D. What's going on, Heavy? What's going on, bro? Hey, man, we are back. We are two weeks. Dang. We're two weeks, we, dude. We're two weeks. We back, baby. <laughs> we back. We, like Vermoto, we back. We back, baby. We back, man. There's a lot of things to uh, get into this episode. But before we do, West Virginia Motorsports, if you are looking for your next ride, look no further than my friends over at West Virginia Motorsports. If you are around the surrounding area and looking for a pre-owned motorcycle, dirt bike, ATV, UTV, scooter, anything that you guys need, make sure to stop by the Princeton, West Virginia location, or their brand new location in Withville, Virginia, and that one is called Virginia Motorsports. So go and check out both of them if you are around the surrounding area or need any of those um, brand new motorcycles, dirt bikes, ATVs, UTVs, or pre-owned. So go by and check them out. Don't forget to order your parts for your current bike or that brand new ride that you're walking out the door of West Virginia Motorsports or Virginia Motorsports. And, of course... Don't forget to get those oil filters and air filters on your way out, and don't catch them on fire, Heavy D. Don't do that. Hey, that's unforgettable. I'm telling you, you'll never live it down. That's right, and we will never live it down here on the pod. (laughs) Oh, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. First, dude, you know, always we always get into the local motocross racing, and uh, this weekend is a big weekend, man. A lot of number one plates are going to be handed out the North Carolina State Championship race this weekend at NCMP. And, man, it's going to be a good one. I'm going to be there on hand uh, doing some announcing with uh, with Ken Farrell, actually. So it's actually going to be a really fun weekend, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to come out to this, Heavy D. Oh, you're going to be on the mic with Honda? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The, <laughs> the local legend himself. Oh, dude, I like, it's going to be sweet, bro. I mean, it's crazy, like. In the past, dude, I just thought about this. It just hit me. The state championship has been this is the third place in three years. Yeah, yeah. I think last uh, last year they had it at. Uh, did they have it at NCMP last last year? Or did they have it at the Ridge last year? No, it was at two twenty one MX last year. Oh, my, that's my right. That's right. Because uh, the Ridge didn't come out until uh, this this year. That's right. Because yep. me and you were it was, there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was at Devil's Ridge the previous in previous years. Yep. Then right. uh it went to two twenty one last year and now it's at uh NCMP this year. Wow, man, moving it around quite a bit. And actually it's a little bit later in the uh in the schedule too, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, it it's usually like the weekend at the end of Loretta's. Yeah, that's, so what, people, that's what I was thinking. Uh, yeah, a lot of people would leave Loretta's and just go to the state championship race, but uh they did it a little bit later this year. I mean, I guess because in previous years, like NCMP and T20, it was kind of on the way, you know. Like you just get on forty and ride. So yeah, no, that's that's awesome. And yeah, man, it's going to be a fun weekend. I'll be there from uh, uh, Saturday okay, morning all the way up until uh, until Sunday morning. And uh, I tell you what, Ken's going to be up there in the announcers tower on Sunday. And uh, actually, Mark Chess called me this morning and let me know that they're going to be having podium interviews uh after after the motos so i'll be handing out some number one plates and get to talk to the winners and the podium um riders as well so it's going to be actually a whole bunch of fun this weekend and i tell you what you riders you better get your podium speeches ready because the microphone is going to be in your face and if you don't say nothing then you know you can't can't say you know how your race went or uh 
uh, shout out some of your sponsors. So make sure you guys uh, get a list and uh, moms and dads, make sure you write it on a pit board or give them a sheet of paper or something. Oh, 100%. And, dude, one thing I can guarantee you, Mark and the Krusty Crew will have the track insane. Yep. It will be so sick. Like, he don't mess around, they, like, they don't mess around when it comes to that track, and it will be epic. I can, like, guarantee you that. Absolutely. We're going to miss be uh, missing out on you being there this weekend, Heavy D. But I, t- but I tell you what, uh, Mark, in that same conversation we had this morning, he was telling us, uh, telling me a little bit of track changes that he's done to uh, help out the start and uh, some other sections. So it's actually going to be uh, really, really good. And really nobody has any idea until we show up, um, you know, for you riders that are getting there on uh, Friday and start them up Saturday morning. So it's going to be – I think it's going to be a blast. Oh, dude, that's that, that'll be epic, man. Like, they always – like, you know, he's always putting in, like, that extra – he goes the extra mile. Like, not to discredit any other track, you know what I mean, because a lot of tracks, they do – that. all of them work hard, you know. Yep. But, like, Mark, like, they put so, so much time into that place over the years. And, like, it's like every race he treats it like it's the very first one he wants everyone to pile in you know like that that grand opening That's he right. pushes for that continuous grand opening him and miss jill and i mean you love it and their whole crew was awesome yeah no for sure and i was actually there for their first ever race at ncmp um don't quote me on this but oh five maybe oh uh, i was on i think i was on 80s so maybe oh five oh six maybe oh four somewhere around in there but i do remember because my dad reminds me every time i go to ncmp he's like we were there for their first race so uh it has quite a <laughs> quite a bit of memories for me for sure oh uh, dude uh, i uh, like i never got to ride it i've been to it several times but i never got to ride it unfortunately like their grand opening was like before i was even in the game I didn't. I didn't get into it till like late '05, early '06. But yeah. like, I did get to go like numerous amount of times. The place is awesome. Like, I've always wanted to ride it, but I mean, hey, not I to, just not to knock you, Heavy D, but I'll be riding it on Saturday. I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna bring the bike down there. That will be three times I've rode in a week, and now in you know pretty much a week's time, and that's pretty insane for me. <laughs> oh, you've ridden three times. This will be the third time you've ridden. Yeah, because um, like, my, bu- my buddy Justin, time? yeah, my buddy Justin Kendrick from PR Motorsports actually came down Friday, uh, this past Friday and Saturday, and uh, stayed the night here at the crib, and we went to um, uh, over there to Sawyer's and and Forest and rode for a couple of days, and man, it was actually really good to get that throttle therapy. Um, and man, I tell you what, on Friday I was definitely rusty. That is for sure. But when we came back on Saturday, we both put in two 20-minute uh, corner track motos, and, man, it felt really good to get a good sweat and, uh, yeah, release a little bit of that um, much-needed throttle therapy that I needed. I bet you was trying to twist the grip off that Zook, son. Oh, on Friday, I was smoked, bro. Like, after <laughs> after I got done riding, because for me, it's so hard whenever you come to those uh, or whenever you haven't rode for a while and you just want to grip it and rip it, man, I get so worn out after, like, lap two. I'm like, bro, I'm done for the day, you know, because I just want to have that adrenaline f- flowing and uh, feel the speed again, you know, and 
uh, yeah, after two laps of not riding for three months, it, it gets to you pretty quick. <laughs> oh, dude, I know it does. Like, man, it's it's so it, – I mean, it, you lose it faster than you get it. That's for sure. Like, I mean, if you work hard to get that stamina and that ride time built up, like, you work – it seems like for months and months and months, and you get yourself there, and then, like, a week or two off will ruin you. Oh, absolutely. That's why riding is the best, you know, the best workout you could do in this sport, right, is, you know, outside of, you know, the gym work and stuff like that. But there's nothing like uh, a bike workout for sure um, to get you back into that stamina. So really good to be able to ride. And then this this Saturday, you know, I'm going to I'm going to ride at NCMP. So I get a little bit of uh, track time myself and it'll actually help me out uh, on the podium speeches when I do those on Sunday, so I'm I'm really looking forward to it, and I know you guys, the listeners that are going to go, are going to be super excited as well, and actually, Mark this morning told me that some guys that have not raced in years are actually coming out uh, to this race, and uh, maybe one or two potential pros that have not ridden uh, or rode, raced in a long time, actually, are going to come out to this, so I'm pretty stoked on that as well. Oh, dude, the, the the vet it will be literally the vet world nationals out there at SMP. It's going to get wicked. I can assure you that. That's right, and about as wicked as uh as the baby girl back there. Oh, she's, dude, she, 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 she's here. Daddy life, and she gets ruthless, bro. She's like on her third can of baby food right now, six hours at a time. She is like chowing down. Dude, she is hungry, man. She is hungry. That's awesome. Oh yeah. You don't play about her food, bro. No. no. Like, you give her a bite, not even uh, a tenth of a second. She, yeah, <laughs> like, ready for more. Like, I'm not, like, she's getting that, yeah. Hey, almost. she's getting it down, bro. Oh, uh, she's, like, tuned in. She's got the throttle hand going. She's ripping the clutch fingers. She's like, give me more. I need my fuel, bro. Let's go. I like that adrenaline. I like that <laughs> adrenaline. That's funny, man. That's awesome. Um, So, yeah. Uh, state championship, North Carolina state championship this weekend at NCMP. Uh, like I said, I'll be announcing alongside the local legend, Ken Farrell himself. I'll be doing interviews uh, on Sunday with the number one plates and for all of the podium uh, guys and girls as well. So uh, that will be a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, I can't, can't wait for it. And I know you guys, the listeners, will be stoked as well. Um, we also have another state championship but this time it will be in maryland so we're gonna see who is the best in the free state what they call it up there in maryland at bud's creek this weekend and that will be uh good too heavy d oh dude oh it's gonna be at bud's yeah the maryland state championship at bud's creek this weekend oh man that's gonna be epic yep so the mama series up there and everybody that does all of the work for the chocolate cake factory up there is uh gonna have a good state championship race this weekend at bud's creek and that's gonna be good uh heavy d some uh outlaw racing has happened in this weekend as well let us know what's happening yeah we got uh 221 this weekend saturday and sunday uh actually double header racing saturday and sunday um it's gonna be sweet it'll be uh the last race between the caddies and 221 tracks. Uh, and then we'll have two more after that. I think it'll be Muddy Creek and Top Gun. So uh, this week's going to be epic. We're going to have some pit bike racing as well. So all you pit racers, come on, slide on out. It's going to be an epic weekend at old 221 MX. 
That's awesome. Yeah, we got three three big races up this weekend, North Carolina State Championship, Maryland State Championship, and, of course, the 221 Outlaw Racing. So there's a lot to be going, uh, a lot to be done this weekend for sure, and a lot of chances to go and get some gate drops because, as we say here on the pod multiple, multiple times, it's always good to get those gate drops, and you're never going to learn unless you get those, right? Oh, absolutely. And you know something I just realized, too? I didn't even think about this. Oh, boy. All these track, all the races are at least like four hours apart. Yep, that's right. Is that how far uh, two twenty one is from um, Henderson, where North Carolina? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So you have uh, kind of a pick of your poison, pretty much on which uh, on which you know one you want to go to for sure. So it'll be a good a good weekend, and everybody should have a good turnout. That's uh, that's actually really good. Oh yeah, dude. I think it'll be it'll be good. It's perfect time for some local racing, and I mean that's I I, I mean I, I I like that too. Like I know a lot of them can't help it. We talk me and you talk about this all the time, like a lot. So it's like I'm glad they're they're spaced out and nobody's on top of each other. You know. Yep. 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 I like so, that as I, well. Yeah, because the four hour difference definitely you know um, makes everybody kind of pick one, right? So. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. So that's really cool. Uh, Heavy D, Silver Valley, AB Shootout. Man, the hype is real. October 21st, it's a Saturday. So make sure you guys get there on Friday night if you're camping. And, yeah, racing's going to be on Saturday. And, of course, I'll be announcing there. And Heavy D better make his appearance out there at the local national. Oh, uh, Heavy D is, like, set to be in attendance at the local national. <laughs> all right. All right. Everybody, everybody give Heavy D a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we need, like, the, the board. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, man. It's going to be good. We had a great time last year, and, man, it was so much fun. Is anybody going to beat Rod Bell in the AB shootout, or is he just going to go, like, what is it, four or five years in a row where he's won this thing? It'll be – it'll be – if he comes and does it again, it'll be three. Joey, three. well, let me rephrase that. He almost had it the first year. He got second the first year. Joey Crown won it. Oh, okay. Yep, yep. So yeah. this is the fourth Joey, year? This is the fourth year running of it? The third year. This will be the third. Oh, this is the third. Okay. Because I, yeah, thought, third he was the, I thought he was the defending champion coming in last year. No, no, he he would have been. Joey Crown edged him out just barely. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It was like a last – it was last moto, and I think Rob Bell ran out of gas. So uh, I hear you. Yeah, he was he, he was trying, but he I think he ran out of steam, dude. The, <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that, he came back more prepared last year. Yeah, no kidding, man. He really did. He put the hammer down. Him and Kilroy had some awesome battles. Uh, there oh, in, a, in a handful of motos, and man, it was uh, awesome to see. And the track always phenomenal, rough, gnarly. Ooh. If you want, if you want Loretta's conditions, and maybe even a little bit more, that's the place to be. So if you want to get some local national, uh, and you know you want to get the, that practice in, definitely head out to uh, Silver Valley AB Shootout on October twenty first. I think, dude, I got an idea. How you feel about? Oh, oh, come on, little one. Uh, <laughs> um, like, I don't know if it's, it's probably been done, but I feel like we should get like a list of some of the top B and A riders and tag them, tag the heck out of them. Yeah, yeah, we need everybody to show up uh, this year. I'm gonna reach out myself and see if some uh, 
some pro riders and, you know, uh, Simon, since coming on later, I might even ask him, you know, while we're on here on the pod, if he's going to come out to that. Cause I think that would be, uh, I think that would be really good, you know, cause last year we had, we had a lot, you know, we had Mason, uh, Simmons, we had, um, uh, Kilroy, we had Luke Neese, we had Rod Bell, of course, uh, we had Henry Miller show up again. Uh, so there's a lot of heavy hitters that were there. Trevin Nelson was there, and he did his first pro national at Ironman, so I'm sure he's probably going to come back for a little bit of redemption, and, you know, he's obviously gotten a little bit faster as time has gone on, of course, you know, Club MX rider, so uh, that would be really good. See if we can get, uh, you know, a handful and even a gateful of, uh, of local and uh, professional riders for sure. Oh, absolutely, dude. And, dude, there's some B-riders out there just been they, – dude, they – they throw down, man. I, I tell you, like, I want to see a bunch of them. I, I've been trying to get Double D. I want to see Logan Best, a.k.a. Baby Troll. There you He's go. He's been ripping, dude. He has been throwing down. Him, Luke Fowler, Landon Peppard. Um, who else? I think, God, I can't even think of his name. He's, he's a North Carolina local. I can't remember his name. He writes for EBR. I just talked about him the other day, too. Oh, um, oh, uh, Noah. No, Noah Stevens. Yep. Noah Stevens. I can, but I think he's back on the bike. Um, yep. I just talked to dude, him actually the other day. Yep. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. I talked to him a little <laughs> bit, asking him because I saw that he was back on the bike. So I asked how he's feeling and stuff like that. And he says, you know, he's starting to get back into the groove of things. So he may he may be ready uh, by the end of October, which is you know um, only you know a little less than twenty days away. So uh, all of these guys should be uh, should be getting ready and prepared and it's a good thing right before minios you know it's a it's a whole month before minios and it'd be uh really really good practice for sure oh a hundred percent dude it's what i i think it'd be great practice because i think it gets gnarlier than gatorback does in my personal opinion oh absolutely it does yeah for sure dude last year i the videos do not do it justice of how the, the speed that they were running out there no, and the 14, 15, 36 ruts that are going across, you know, just the straightaways, you know, and how fast those guys are going through them and legs are flying off and they're still wide open. I remember Landon Peppard, I even I even uh, messaged him on Instagram to let him know because, dude, he was absolutely flying. It's actually on the pinned um, reels on imperativemx.com on Instagram. And uh, his leg completely comes off, and he's just balancing himself going into the right-hander. And you could see that his throttle was just wide open to make sure that he went all the way through without falling over. And, yeah, I mean, those guys are going wide open with 36 ruts going across the track. Oh, yeah, dude. It was – man, it was insane, bro. Like, watch it. Like, like you said, when they was coming down the straightaway, feet hanging off the pegs. Like, in actual reality, in real time, if you were standing on the hill up there, they were going so fast, dude. It was unreal. And I was just like, how are they going this fast right now? Like, the video makes it, like, it, it looks sick. Like, it shows how deep and gnarly the ruts are. But, like, showing how gnarly they were hitting those turns from a distance, and it's like, to them, I, they probably didn't feel like they was going that fast because the track was so gnarly, mm-hmm. and like they was dissecting it. But like from a like a spectator point of view, God, it was so insane. Like the racing looks 
gnarly because it's it's such a separate it separates everybody so much. Yeah, no, it's it's gonna be awesome once again, and of course uh, the Silver Valley AB Shootout October twenty first. It's a Saturday, like I said, I'll be announcing there. Heavy D will be on hand running some. Uh, dozer equipment and all of that, and man, it's going to be a blast. We had a lot of fun last year, and I know you guys that were in attendance had a lot of fun as well. So, um, and then the last thing on the list here for the local motocross racing side, uh, Lake Sugar Tree, twenty-first annual Halloween Bash, October twenty-sixth through twenty-nine. Uh, there will be uh, Supercross Stadium racing along with MX Racing and everything else. Man, costume contest, pumpkin carving contest, motorhome decoration contest. It's like a little Halloween town, and it's definitely my favorite race, uh, local race of the year for sure. I, I always, I've been going there for 21 years, and I'm not exaggerating. I've been going there ever since they started the Halloween bash, and uh, man, it's, it's always a great race, and uh, we're going to have Ryan uh, come on to the podcast either next week or uh, or the week after to uh, to hype it up a little bit. So it'll be awesome to talk to Ryan from uh, Lake Sugar Tree Motorsports Park in beautiful Axton, Virginia. So, um, yeah, 21st Annual Halloween Bash, October 26th through 29th, SX Racing and MX Racing. So, uh, man, it's going to be a blast, and I think uh, everybody's going to have a um, have a good weekend. Uh, Heavy D, we gotta we got to try to get you out to that if you can. Oh, dude, yeah, I'm like, I'm trying to get it worked out so I can go, like, trying super hard because, dude, every year I see it, I'm like, dude, is that like an amateur national? It is so packed there. It is unreal. I'm telling you, man, everybody that goes there says that, that it's their favorite race of the year, for sure. For at a local level, you know, it's definitely one of the one of the best races of the year, in my opinion. And, you know, it's fall weather, hoodie, hoodie season. I like that a lot. And I think... uh Everybody's going to have a blast here at the 21st annual Halloween Bash at Lake Shore Tree Motorsports Park. And um, the local forum is actually up on the website right now, and I've been posting races for upcoming weekends up on the site uh, every week. So uh, this is your chance to speak about the local scene and races that are coming up and post your own thoughts and opinions. And you can sign up today, create your own profile, comment on some posts, post up some uh, pictures of yourself riding, and, yeah, just talk about the local scene. So head on over to imperativemx.com to sign up today. And, uh, yeah, man, let's try to grow this local scene area up a little bit and uh, start talking about it up on the imperativemx.com website and uh, get signed up today. I think it's going to be uh, really good going forward. And uh, some people have already started liking and signing up, so I think it's going to be good, Heavy D. Oh, 100%. Uh, it's it's going to be sweet. and. I love what, like, they do for the local scene in a every class. Like, dude, they give back so much throughout classes. Like, the prizes and contingency is insane. Yeah, like, for sure. It's, it's like I love to see it, man. I really do. Yep. So make sure to go and uh, head on over to the forum on imperativemx.com. Go to the local scene. You can even go to the professional side and uh, post your thoughts and comments. You know, there's a lot of things going on in the professional world, and there's also a lot of things in the local scene. So why don't you get it out there and uh, and let some people comment on there. You can also follow others and, and things like that. So I've been doing quite a bit of work on the uh, behind the scenes to get that stuff uh, up and ready for you guys. So make sure to go and check it out and sign up today at imperativemx.com. The uh, local forum is what I'll call it. So make sure you guys go and check that out. And um, right now, we're actually, speaking of ImperativeMX.com, 
we're going to go ahead and get our newest writer and journalist from West Virginia University, Trey Steyer, here on the line. Dirt Industries Custom Graphics. For over 10 years, they've designed, manufactured, and marketed the highest quality dirt bike graphics and decals to the motocross and consumer markets. Their high-quality decals are considered by many to be the best in the industry. The awesome graphics and decals are utilized by professionals and weekend warriors alike. The highly acclaimed design team is well-equipped to help their customers get the look they want in a short amount of time. The design team provides itself on creative collaboration. They not only offer superior quality decals and top-notch designs, but at an affordable price for any budget. You can use the code IMPERATIVEMX, all caps, no space, for 20% off to save you money on your next purchase from Dirt Industries Custom Graphics, from graphics, helmet wraps, banners, license plates, and much, much more. So make sure to use the code IMPERATIVEMX, all caps, no space, for 20% off from the awesome people over there at Dirt Industries Custom Graphics. And on the line right now, we have... West Virginia University's own and our newest writer and journalist for the ImperativeMX.com website, 20-year-old Trey Steyer. Welcome to the podcast, man. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man, not a problem. And like I said, man, you're 20 years old. You're young. You go to West Virginia University, and and uh, you're doing articles and stories and a lot more for uh, the website, and I really appreciate you doing this. And um First, like, how did you get into the sport, and what's a little bit of your background? Well, it's funny. I pretty much got into the sport on my own. I used to – well, I still watch NASCAR all the time, and when I was a kid, of course, NASCAR and Supercross were always on Speed Channel, and sometimes I would turn it on looking for NASCAR stuff, and then I remember one night – I was probably like maybe six, seven, and Supercross was on, and I saw this dude on a Yamaha – number seven you can connect the dots and he was flying around like superman out there and i'm like man this looks pretty cool and that kind of built the foundation and then playing mx versus atv games when i was a kid also kind of helped build it because no one in my family really races or anything like that and monster cup 2012 i remember watching it and that was like the first race i watched and i was like man i need to start watching this all the time this is pretty cool yeah no, that's that's awesome. So you pretty much obviously got into it all by yourself and uh, became a fan of everything that you were watching, and you've been watching ever since. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I just saw it, and I really enjoyed it, and it's something that I've just grown in interest over the years. I mean, I watched it for over a decade now, and then a few years ago I started listening to podcasts and getting, like, really deep into it and I was like man this is this might be what I want to go into that's awesome that's awesome and what got you into uh the journalism side because I know that that is kind of what you're going for at at West Virginia University so what got you into the journalistic side yeah officially I'm a sports media major at WVU and honestly for several years through high school I was pretty undecided when I was younger, uh, as I mentioned earlier about the NASCAR thing, I kind of wanted to be an engineer, be a crew chief, something like that. But the math started getting harder and harder. I'm like, I'm not sure I want to do that. And I was undecided for a few years. And then I realized, I was like, man, I, I really like to write. And I've always been passionate about racing, whether it's two wheels or four. And I was like, maybe that could give me an outlet to still do something that I'm passionate about. 
and then I just I decided to originally apply to WVU as a journalism major, and then I found out about their sports media program, and I switched to it. That's awesome. And uh, the Imperative MX Podcast, episode number 27, speaking with Trey Steyer, our newest journalist on the ImperativeMX.com website, brought to you by Dirt Industries Custom Graphics. Heavy D? Yeah, so um, do you – I know it's, like, probably off the moto subject, but, like, do you do any, like, media stuff for, like, uh, the football team as well or, or no? No, I haven't done anything with any of the sports teams in WVU. The only stuff I've done is on my website prior to Imperative. We had – I took a class last semester that was, like, pretty much, you know, designing a website and writing and that sort of stuff. And that's pretty much the only stuff I've done. I've never interned for any of the sports teams in Morgantown. And June, when I, after I went to High Point, I was like, you know what? This website's just sitting here because I had it for class, and I was like, I need to put something on there. And I wrote a quick recap after High Point because I was there. It was pretty easy. I knew everything that happened, and it was like, hey, here's what happened in the motos. Here's the results, something quick. And then I got the ideas for a couple other things, and I was like, you know what, man? This this might be a good idea to just use this as a little bit of a platform to get myself going. Heck yeah, so do you like I know you like it, and it's got you, like, super intrigued. Like, are you wanting to, like, kind of do media and journalism for motocross? Is this, like, something you actually are really into, or do you want to venture into, like, different sports? I mean, for right now, I'm perfectly happy staying in motocross. I mean, I wouldn't rule out doing any other sports. I mean, I'd be open to potentially doing football, basketball, other stuff. But, honestly, my end goal – is to become a play-by-play commentator. I know that's going to take a lot of time. I know that's going to take a lot of work. But right now, I feel like I'm writing about something I'm very passionate in, and I know that I'm going to gain some knowledge the next few years that will help me. And as long as I can start now writing articles, which is something I like to do and enjoy to do, and start building connections and building a little bit of a following, you know, maybe I will start to grow either into other sports or going to where I want to be. Oh, man, that's awesome. Like, I think it's pretty cool. Like, you, you go to, like, WVU, which is, like, a big sports school. Like, especially right now in college football, like, they're insane. Like, but I feel I feel it's cool that, like, it – motocross has intrigued you so much. It's like, I, I, I like this. I like doing the moto stuff, doing my intern at uh, Imperative because I feel like – you know, mot- motocross is big, but it, I don't. It's not like quite at the platform of like, you know, professional football, college sports, uh, you know, NBA. And I feel it's pretty cool. Like you going to a school like WVU once again, and it's like, it, it, like motocross is intriguing enough to you where you like doing like some media and journalism stuff and that. I think that's awesome. Yeah, thanks. I mean, I'm in a sports writing class right now, and I can promise you that whether it's motocross or any other sort of form of racing, I'm probably the only person in there that really keeps up with that. And it's funny because I'm like the guy who's passionate about it and stuff. Of course you have the people who are super into football, which I mean, I'm a big football fan myself and you have people that are big baseball fans, hockey fans or whatever, but I'm kind of holding down the fort for the motorsports guys because I mean, I've watched racing all my life. I still watch a ton of racing, NASCAR, F1, I mean, IndyCar, IMSA, 
motocross. I've watched racing my entire life, and it's something I've loved, and the love's just continued to grow over the years for me. Oh, yeah, that's awesome, man. I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, for sure, and that's, uh, you know, one of the reasons I brought you on. You know, Austin Tiller, uh, one of our good friends and one of your good friends as well, Trey, um, you know, brought brought to my attention what you were doing and what you were writing, and, and man, I saw I saw a glimpse, uh, you know, a glimpse of uh, awesome writing and um, the way that you do your your writings is very, very well. And, you know, we had a phone call on the um, on one of the days and we talked for like 30 or 45 minutes. And, man, you were all in. And you just wanted the opportunity. And, um, man, you've been doing awesome um, on all of the recaps and even, you know, the Jeff Alessi, um, unfortunately uh, and unexpectedly, uh, passed away, and uh, you wrote a great tribute of his pro, pro career on the Imperative MX uh, website. Talk talk to me about that. Yeah, well, first, uh, going off of what you said, talking about Tiller and stuff, I, I do want to shout him out because he is the reason that I got on with Imperative with you guys. Um, for those who don't know, Pulp MX has a Discord called Snowboard and stuff, and Tiller is one of the most active people in there. And I wrote my recap article, like I said, about high point and he messaged me and he was like, yo man, he was like, that article is really good. Looking forward to maybe more in the future. And he said, if this is something you want to do, I have a friend named Zach. He runs imperative MX. You can check out the website or whatever. And I told him, I'm like, Hey man, that's, that's a place I can grow my platform and gain a little bit of knowledge and stuff. And, that's how we got the hook up there. So I'm very thankful for him. And then the article yesterday, I mean, I can't lie to you. I kind of put it together on the fly. When I turn my phone on, usually one of the first things I do is I check discord. Like I'll go through some of my messages and stuff and then I'll check discord. And I was eating my breakfast, checking discord. And then the Instagram post, I think it was Kenny Watson's uh, post talking about Jeff Alessi and I was like man what this really happened and nothing was out on Racer X yet so you know sometimes it's like are, are we sure or not and then I seen all the stuff on Racer X I'm like I need to write an article real quick even if it's just something short something simple and I figured you know what for all pay tribute to him just do a little career rundown and pay tribute and I know that it seems like people would like that article and I appreciate it it's never easy. This is the first one that I've done where I've had to write about somebody passing away, of course, but, you know, I appreciate the support and I felt like that was one of my duties as a writer to be like, Hey man, it sucks that we lost Jeff Alessi, but you know what? Let's remember the times he was out on the track. Let's remember the times he was knocking down top tens every week and, you know, kind of pay tribute to him. And once again, thoughts and prayers are with the Alessi family and all of his friends that are affected by this. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, it was a devastating uh, news that we heard for sure. And, yeah, you texted me right as soon as pretty much I found uh, – well, actually, you said something about it, and then I went on Instagram and found out about it, and you were like, hey, man, I want to – you know, I'm going to write up a quick article. I don't care if you put it up today or tomorrow, but I want to pay tribute. And, you know, that's something that, you know, I would do, um, you know, and want to sit down and, and do that. But I got other duties that I'm doing, and, you know, that's one of the reasons I brought you on. You're very good. You're just, you know, kind of a mirror image of me, if that makes sense, on um, on how you write and, and what you think uh, is going to be good and uh, what is good for the um, 
for the pro community. And yeah, man, that was that was an awesome write up that you did. Make sure you guys go and check out uh, that article up on imperativemx.com, uh, remembering Jeff Alessi, his entire uh, pro career that he had. So yeah, man, that was a really awesome article. And uh, again, thanks for doing that. Um, this weekend, man, we do have the Motocross of Nations uh, coming up. Um, what do you think? How 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 is uh, Team USA gonna do? We got Plessinger, we got Hampshire, and we got uh, Christian Craig. Um, what are your kind of thoughts going into uh, Arne? Uh, it's hard to say because I can see us finishing on the podium, and I can see us finishing eighth. Like I, yeah, there are so many competitive teams this year that I feel like we can be on the podium still. Obviously this probably isn't our best lineup, but we still have guys that can definitely fight, but there are a lot of strong teams this year. I think it's going to be a very competitive year across the nations. Personally for me, I think team France is the favorites. It's on home soil. The last time they were in motocross the nations in RNA team France won. Yep. And one thing I noticed is they structured their team the exact same way when they won in RNA. When they won in 2015, they had a veteran who had won before as their team captain in the GP class. They had a former MX2 world champion running for Red Bull KTM on a 250, Mm -hmm. and they had a former world champion on a Yamaha in the open class, and that's the literal exact way they structured their lineup for this year. I think Team Australia is going to be tough as well. Of course, the Lawrence brothers had an insane year over here in the U.S., but there's a lot of other contenders too. I think Spain could win the thing. Honestly, uh, Bercaris going out and Oliver coming into their team, that might be a help. I think Prado and Fernandez are going to tear it up for them. You have teams like Germany, which could probably podium. I wouldn't be shocked if Kenner Oxen won his class at all. Right. And you have Langenfelder, who's pretty good in the 250 class. Belgium's usually always strong. Netherlands is strong. So, yeah. I mean, there's there are like eight or nine teams that I wouldn't be surprised to be on the podium. And of course there's only three spots. Right. Yeah, no, it's going to be really good. I think, I think this year is, uh, you know, I'm super excited. I'm sure you're excited too. Uh, heavy D over there. Uh, you got any thoughts on, on motocross and nations coming up this weekend? I'm just, I'm curious. I mean, I'm curious to see how to play out. Like, is it here's like I feel like yeah we could podium I'm not gonna lie depending on how it unfolds I mean dude it's it's weird like all three guys like Plessinger's usually fairly consistent Hampshire's pretty good like they're all pretty consistent in a way but then again they they all have their flashes of greatness dude like it's just it's not if it's just when and it's like all three of them if they're on people are in trouble yeah like Pleasant Hampshire and Christian Craig yeah so I mean I'm curious like I hope they all like all the stars align for them and they bring it home I mean Honestly, what we who was it all that year? It was Anderson Cooper, and it was somebody else that was on the team. I can't remember that one. Year. They almost won, and Jason Anderson got landed on. Yep, uh, two thousand and sixteen Majora. Yep, 
It would have been yeah. Anderson, Alex Martin on a 250, and Webb was on open class his last round of yeah. Star Yamaha before he went factory. Yeah, so, I mean, that year, I mean, that wasn't, that wasn't our, our best at the time. Well, I'm going to say it was probably our best because several others didn't want to go. And they almost won. So, I feel like if that team can almost win, then we could – I mean, this, this team can definitely pull it off as well. Yep. It'll be a be a really good weekend, and I'll be uh, I'll be excited. Even though I'll be at the North Carolina State Championship race at NCMP, I'll definitely be keeping you know my eyeballs peeled uh, to my phone, checking all of the lap times, and uh, try to watch it if uh, if I can at some point in time. Um, what were your overall thoughts on uh, the Super Motocross World Championship, Trey? Um, best tracks and and ranking, and you know how everything. Uh, kind of played out the format and uh, kind of the hype around it. What were your thoughts? So, what were your overall thoughts? I mean, for me, the simplest way I can put it is I love more racing, so I was happy with the rounds for the most part. I mean, there are definitely things that I think they can work on, but considering it was the first year, I thought they did a solid job. Uh, as far as track-wise, of course, you know, it's been well-documented. Charlotte, you kind of had the hybrid style. Chicago was more of the moto-based one, and L.A. was sort of supercross one. The first motos in L.A. were by far, I think, the most entertaining because it was pure chaos in both of them, especially the 250 one. Uh, I posted on Twitter after it happened, the first 250 or moto uh, reminded me of Thunder Valley in 09 when you had like four or five guys racing for second or third place or whatever it was, because mm-hmm. you had so many guys up front. You had, of course, Deegan and Shimoda were going for the title, but Smith came out of nowhere, and Vial had the lead for a little bit, and you had RJ coming through the pack. I mean, it was crazy. Um, the racing, there were some times where the racing was really good and things were close together, but then, like, Chicago, I mean, I, I like the way the track was designed, but it seems like, that track was easy to get spread out and it was fairly one line mm-hmm. and it didn't seem like there was very very much room for passing but I'm sure that since this is the first year they'll be able to say hey we did this well but we can improve on this for year two and obviously it'll be interesting to see where the venues are for year two yeah no I'm gonna be really excited and uh, it doesn't look like we're gonna go back to LA but it was good that they you know got that in the first inaugural season, I think that that was a real staple uh, to have L.A. there as the final round um, with the Parastyle and just all of the memories and, and things like that and uh, for history to be made, right? So um, I thought that that was uh, really awesome. The, the Imperative MX Podcast episode number 27, talking with our newest rider on the site, Trey Steyer, Heavy D. Oh, I was just saying, like, I, no, no, no more L.A.? No, I think that I think that was it. I think that they got a one and done because their football team. It's pretty hard for for them to have a track, and then they're that very next weekend for them to have a college football game there. Um, it'd be a very hard turnaround for them. So I think that this year, because they had two away games, um, it made it a lot easier for them. So I don't think the next couple of years is going to be as easy as that. Oh, yeah, they'll be have two home games next year, so it makes sense. Yep, yeah, so it's going to be kind of tough. Um, the AMA career numbers have changed for some riders. Retired uh, riders have let go of their numbers, and new numbers 
for other riders, of course. Uh, what new numbers are you surprised with um, that some of the riders got chosen or what they picked for their career uh, numbers, Trey? Well, I mean, the Deegan and Kitchen thing, I'm not surprised because, of course, Brian, you know, 38, that was his brand for years. Uh, one of the first times I saw Brian, I got to see Brian race rally cross in person. Of course, he had the big 38 on the side of his car. And, yep. Uh, Kitchen taking 47, that was his amateur number. That was uh, pretty much expected as well. Sexton taking the four, I mean, I know a lot of people were like, oh, that's Carmichael's number, and they forget that Blake Baggett had it for like seven or eight years. Yeah. But Just I think the Sexton one was did, more – you know? Yeah. Yeah. The reason the Sexton one was surprising for me is because he's already kind of leaned into the 23 thing. Of course, he had like the Michael Jordan Bulls gear inspired. And I thought for sure, you know, a lot of guys, it seems like when they pick a number, they're going to stay there. I remember them saying after Jet won his first 250 MX title, they were like, you know, he can pick eight, but he's like, no, man, I'm 18. It works. And I didn't really figure Chase would be one of those guys that switched because, like I said, he had the. Jordan sort of stuff. I mean, he's, I'm pretty sure he's an Illinois kid. So, you know, he grew up rooting for the Bulls. And I figured that was something that he would like continue doing in the future. But hey, man, it's going to be cool seeing the four back out on the track. Yeah, no, for sure. And especially since fake Blake Baggett has not officially retired, but we can pretty much say retired at this point. Um, you know, it would be awesome. And I don't think that there was this much hype around or, you know, talk, I should say, when Blake you know, showed up at Anaheim 1 way back in the day with number four after Carmichael let it go. Um, But it seems like for Sexton, it seems like people just really, really want to make a big deal about it. The other thing, well, real quick, oh, sorry if I cut you off. I was going to say, seeing seeing four and seven on Red Bull KTM, I've talked about that with my buddies that play Xbox Live. He's like, man, four and seven are going to be on Orange next year. That's going to be a little weird. Of course, yeah. we used to see them on yellow and green duking it out. But the one thing that I want to say is a lot weirder, I think, than the career number selections is we're going to see the number 22 on the gate, and it's not going to be Chad Reed. That's going to be the really oh, interesting one for me. Yeah. 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 Because, I mean, Chad had 22 literally my entire lifetime. Literally. 03 was the first <laughs> year he had it. I'm, a, I'm an 03 baby. So... <laughs> Yeah, he had it my entire life. Yeah, and I'm excited for Fast Freddie though. I mean, he deserves that. Yeah, one of the absolute nicest guys in the pits for sure. Uh, I'm stoked for Freddie, but I mean, when I see number 22 Norin on the gate in Anaheim, it's gonna be like that's gonna be a little weird. Yeah, and that's sure. no disrespect to Freddie. Yeah, none at all. And I mean, for me, like you're talking about Chad and 22 uh, going to Freddie. Mine is probably going to be 16, just because I'm so used to seeing Osborne with 16, right? And now it's going to be on a KTM uh, with Tom Vial. So um, I think that one is going to be kind of the weird one for me. Yes, the 22 with Chad, but he's kind of been out of it for a little while. Um, and I, you know, have felt like, you know, it was it was kind of time uh, for it to go up to the person that actually, you know, that, that deserves it, right, at, at this time. So, uh, but yeah, the Osborne in 16 going to Tom Vial might be the weird one for me to see on the gate. So, dude, I, I tell you what's super weird to me. Like, you know, we grew up with the four, the seven, and the 22, and it's like 
with 22 going, that's officially the end of an era. For sure. For sure. Like, like that was the last one. Like, literally the guys who made Moto, like, I mean, no disrespect to, like, the older, like, the older legends, like, Bob Hanna, Mark Barnett, Jimmy Weiner, any of those guys, you know. But, man, it's like the two, Villapoto had it. it. It's gone. Cooper has it. I mean, that was way – that was so soon. Then, then Dungey, gone. Now, you know, Carmichael, four, gone. Stewart, seven, gone. 22, the last one, gone. It's like, dude, like – it's officially changed, and what's really gonna hurt me next is when that three leaves, dude. That three, <laughs> when it's gone, I I don't know what we gonna do, man. <laughs> yeah, that it's a complete generation change now, you know, and you know the people that are just now getting into the sport because I feel like the sport is growing, right? They don't have the same uh, kind of feelings we do about these numbers, right? So it is gonna be uh, definitely a. a game changer for sure with these numbers uh these career numbers that we've seen on on a lot of these legends uh go away now and like you said it's kind of a start of a new era uh, for sure like even okay one I, I watched all of them but one that really gets me it's like i don't think any it, no, nobody else has it yet i don't think because i don't think he's like officially fully retired like he's retired but like josh grant like i think he still has his number I, i'm pretty sure no no he doesn't he doesn't I think Pierce Brown has it. Yeah. Uh, this, is is that who got it this year? I think Pierce, Pierce had it in 23. He ran it this year. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can check real quick and see who got it for 24. That, yeah, if you, if the, you reason that me, the reason that one gives me because I grew up around Josh watching yeah, him, yeah. and I remember when he when he got that number, like, he he got it and his like first his first four fifty race he won in Anaheim. I remember that. And yep, he stuck with it from he stuck with it from there. And I was just like, dang, and like now nah, he's out. I was like, dude, like to me that one really hits because that's my guy. And he he raced with all those dudes. So still to me to this day, like I know it's some bad dudes out there, Stewart and all those guys, but hands down to this day, Josh Grant is the gnarliest dude I ever seen ride a dirt bike. He's definitely Looks one of like, my favorites uh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it was it's so like it was so 30. cool that he came out to that moto room at Sugar Tree and I got to talk to him for a bit and man that was that was like I was I was meeting, you know, my you know, all time favorite rider in the in the world, you know. And so that that was so cool that he talked to me and, and you know, oh, was willing to give me his Y'all, dude, I mean, his whole family, you know, and they were cool and I sent oh. them photos afterwards and he used some of them and yeah, man, it was it was a really cool weekend to hang out with him, Reed, and Osborne there. That was uh, really cool. What were you going to say, Trey? My fault. I was just going to say I looked through the list, and it looks like Jaleek Swole is going to be 33 next year. Okay, all right. No, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, Heavy D, any uh, any final questions or thoughts for, uh, for Trey before we let him go? Yeah, one last question. Go Who, ahead. like – Who's your favorite favorite rider of all time or currently? Um, let's do both. Both. Let's just say both. Favorite rider of all time, Stu. 
uh, that's a pretty easy one for me. Like I said, uh, when I was talking about getting into the sport, he was one of the first guys that I really gravitated toward. And every time I turned it on, like before I started watching it full time, I would always look through the order. I'm like, man, where's Stu at? Mm-hmm. And he just, he was ridiculous. The things that that man did on a motorcycle. And my first race that I got to attend in person was Stu's last win. High Point 2014. I mean, obviously nobody knew it at the time, but he was on another level. Seeing, of course, that was Yoshimura Suzuki days. Yep. And I just loved, even the years after, of course, you know, he didn't go out the way he wanted, but just seeing Stu clips always make me smile. Currently, um, the guy I picked, well, in Stu's last few years, because I, I, I picked a 250 guy when I started watching as well. And the guy I picked as my 250 guy originally was Ken Roxon. So I've been a big Roxon fan over the years. And there's been a lot of highs and lows with that. You know, I got to see him. I got to see him destroy everybody on RCH 2016 outdoors. He just completely flew through the competition. Of course, the big arm injury, the comeback, winning races, becoming a contender again uh, this year getting to be with my buddies watching Supercross and watching Kenny win on the Suzuki on my birthday weekend. That was pretty cool getting to see and a big Roxon fan. And I hope he continues the momentum for 24. And I mean, honestly, I'm a Jet Lawrence fan too. I mean, that, that kid is impressive. He's younger than I am, so I can technically call him a kid, but he's, He's really good. and I mean, it was pretty clear early on that A2 race when him and Ferrandis were doing and he ended up riding the front wheel through the whoops. You could tell that something special was going to happen with him. Yep. And it's been fun to watch the last few years. I know some people are already sick of him and other people are going to get sick of him, but he's insanely talented and I enjoy watching him ride. Yeah, you can't deny the talent there, that's for sure. Um Actually, you know, I, I watched, speaking of just um, Jet, I was actually watching Hunter uh, race, I think it was 2016 at Matterly Basin um, when he had that crazy ride in the mud um, in his final moto. And, uh, man, it's it's crazy to see the progression um, from both of the riders from their early careers into what they are now. And, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's crazy. And, um, again... The newest writer on ImperativeMX.com and journalist himself uh, from West Virginia University, Trey Steyer. Man, I appreciate you coming on and appreciate everything you do for the uh, website. And I know everybody listening and that has been reading the articles are uh, really, really stoked that you're on board. So I appreciate it a lot, and thanks for coming on to the podcast. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, one thing I want to say before I get off here is if anybody doesn't know right now, just a cheap little plug for me. I guess if you want to follow my Twitter, it's at S T I R E 23. And then you can see when all my articles go up. Cause sometimes I will write on my own website and not just imperative, but I'm sure you guys are already plugged into their Twitter, but that's just so if any of you guys want to know when I got my article straight up, you can go follow me on there. And once again, thank you for the time. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, man, not a problem. I'll uh, speak to you soon. Appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. And that was Trey Steyer from West Virginia University on the line and the newest uh, writer to the imperativemx.com website. Uh, Heavy D, have you gone, you've, I'm sure you've gone through a couple of the articles that he's written. He's a really, really good writer and glad that uh, Austin Tiller 
uh, from the Pulpa Mex Discord um, helped me out with that because uh, man, he's uh, he's really really good. Oh yeah, dude, he is man. He he's got passion for the sport, man. You could tell it in his articles, like he's into it, like. And when you into it, have that much passion passion for it, I think writing it, it comes easy. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. That's the same way so, for me. You know, I, that's the whole reason I got into the sport because I'm just passionate about it. You know, I was never, I never went to school for a journalist. I never even went to school for really anything. I cut out in my second semester, you know, and uh, man, I just was passionate about it and started learning on my own. And after that 30 or 45 minute conversation, first time we ever talked on the phone, I was like, yeah, man, I want, I, I want this guy, you know, and uh, want him to write. And uh, yeah, man, he's been an awesome addition to the imperativemx.com website. So make sure you guys go and check it out. There will be a lot of articles that he will be doing up here in the future in this offseason heading into uh, Anaheim 1 for sure on the pro side. And, man, he does a really, really good job. And, of course, um, you know, he's from, you know he's around that Morgantown, West Virginia area. And, you know, that's a perfect spot for a journalist to come up, especially in the sport, because we all know what's in Morgantown, West Virginia. So, so. Oh, a hundred percent. Like, man, that, that's what I was saying. I was like, man, like, he's doing articles and stuff like for Moto. That's why I was asking about the whole sports thing because you know West Virginia, like, their college football teams, like, it, it's big. Like, yeah, the whole sports venue at West Virginia is big. So, I I, I feel like that's that's awesome. Like, he's he's like, oh, you know, I. He's not against doing it, but he's like, he, his heart's into the moto side of it. I think that's sweet. Yeah, and that's what I noticed off the bat. As soon as I talked to him, like I said, I could just tell that he was very passionate about it, and his knowledge of the sport is phenomenal. You know, he threw that race back uh, when we were talking about Anderson and um, Cooper Webb, his last ride on uh, Star before he went to, um, you know, the factory 450, right? So, you know, his knowledge in the sport is absolutely phenomenal and um man he does a a really really good job um for everything that he does and and his insight too his insight is uh is phenomenal from what i've noticed and you know his writing's good and he gets straight to the point and he lets you know on the facts and i think you know he brings a whole new aspect to imperativemx.com for sure oh a hundred percent man he's He's into it. He was ripping it off. I was like, oh, yeah, he's deep into it. He loves it. Like, he's got passion for this. Absolutely. Mika Metal strives to be the leader in product quality. Their bars are constructed of 6061 aerospace aluminum and have a unique design that allows them to retain maximum strength while still having the flex rider's desire. Mika sprockets are made from 7075 aerospace aluminum, the highest standard in the industry. Their unique tooth design maximizes wear and lets you ride longer. So make sure to go and check out Mika Metals at MikaMetals.com. Check out their inventory and see for yourself. Handlebars, sprockets, tie-down straps, chains, sprays, front and back brake pads, and much, much more. So make sure to go and check them out at MikaMetals.com. And last week, we did a giveaway for one free handlebar. And you know what's crazy, Heavy D? Not one person sent an email so we're gonna try one more time out on this so if you want a free handlebar of any choice from mika metals right here on this episode email imperativemx at gmail.com for a chance to win any style of handlebar that mika metals offers the 50cc series the pw 50cc series 
the Raw Pro or Hybrid Series that are used by many, many professionals out there on the pro scene. So if you want a free handlebar of any choice, email imperativemx at gmail.com, and uh, we'll pick a random winner on next week's episode of the Imperative MX podcast. And, uh, I mean, what's better than getting a free set of handlebars, Heavy D? Huh. I can tell you what, they're good to have because you're going to need them just like it's good to have extra air filters. You <laughs> definitely want to keep extra handlebars. Just don't catch the handlebars on fire. <laughs> you knew that was coming. You knew that one was coming. <laughs> oh, I felt man. it. After I said it, I was like, I probably shouldn't have said that. Oh, man. Yeah, don't don't do that, because if so, that's really close to the uh, to the old gas tank. And that would not be good for your entire bike. So do not do that. Mm -hmm. um, Hydropower. Hydropower is formulated by a sports nutritionist to help you guys eliminate arm pump and increase your endurance so you can ride safer and faster. Drink hydropower.com to get your blue Raz today or the many flavors that they have up on the website. The reviews are absolutely phenomenal. And myself, Heavy D, you saw me out there at Silver Valley last year. I was a whole different rider after I drank some hydropower after that first practice, huh? Oh, you was geeked up. You was ready to go. You had some at Devil's Ridge, too. So you know about it. Oh, dude, it's actually good. Like, like actually, like when we were sitting there announcing – the people don't realize, like talking gets like pretty exhausting at times, especially if you're announcing like from morning to evening and you do it like two days in a row. It gets pretty exhausting. Like people are gonna be like, "How can you get exhausted talking in a room?" Trust me, you can get pretty tired. Like you try to stay on subject and keep going. And we's moving around like you know we was alternating, looking at the track, looking at some stuff going on, talking to people. Dude, the hydropower. It made me get some pep in my step. That's right. I tell you, it's good. And like me having heart conditions, it wasn't hard on me either. Like it kept me good, like hydrated up. Like I was actually highly impressed with it. Yep. You heard it from the man himself. 2011 C-Class champion drinking hydropower. So make sure to go and check out drinkhydropower.com to get your flavor today and the link is in the description of this podcast for 10% off of your purchase of any hydropower products fxr from high performance snow rider wear to motocross gear fxr has you covered the continuing growth of fxr means more selection for you jackets jerseys pants gloves snow gear fishing gear whatever the case may be fxr has you covered in my opinion and many other professionals opinion Go and check out the best in sizing, fitting, and venting for motocross riding gear. So head on over to fxrracing.com. Find them on social media as well. And thank you to their continuing support of me and imperativemx.com. And, uh, and, of course, here on the podcast. The brand-new 2024 gear collections have just dropped on their website, so make sure to go and check them out and uh, – Get some new colorways and styles to get you ready for the 2024 season. And also, give FTA, Full Throttle Adrenaline, a look from the FXR guys as well. It's a sister company. Phil Nicoletti has been wearing the FTA brand, which is an alternative apparel brand designed to inspire and connect all racers. And the stuff looks really good, and you know it's top-notch if Phil Nicoletti is going to wear it. So uh, make sure to go and check out FXR Racing com to get some FXR or FTA gear right now. PR Motorsports, 
is your newest trackside support trailer at the local NCMX races. They will be there this weekend at NCMP, so make sure you riders get on the gate and continue racing each weekend with PR Motorsports being on hand. If you guys need anything, make sure to find their race trailer at the races. From tires to engine fixes, PR Motorsports is your trackside support rig for the surrounding area and states. Find them on social media, and thanks to Charlie and Justin for all the help that they do to keep everybody on the gate at the local races. And speaking of racing, go ahead and get on the line right now, Devin Simonson. Total Control Racing Suspension, Chad Newton over there. He owned an arena cross team for 10-plus years, so you guys know that he knows his stuff. From Luke Neese, Mike McDade, Tyler Bright, Josh Thomas, Jim Chester, and so many other local legends that he has helped throughout the years. And you guys, you know, need to keep it really, really local with Total Control. Uh, like I said, you know, Kyle Peters still runs some of his stuff for, for arena cross and uh, all of his practice stuff. Brock Tickle back in the day, Mike McDay, Jim Neese, of course, and so many other guys have had their suspension done from Chad at Total Control. So make sure to go and check out TotalControlRacingSuspension.com and uh, go get your suspension tuned up. Get your oil changed, get your oil seals replaced, and get comfortable on the bike and contact Total Control to help you get the comfort you are looking for. And right now on the phone, we have a fellow North Carolina native and friend of the pod, Devin Syveson on the line. Devin, I appreciate you coming on to the pod. Yeah, man, I appreciate you guys having me on. Not a problem, not a problem. Now that we're into this off-season from, uh, from the races, uh, what have you been doing in some of your off-time to recover from this year? And uh, when does the SX prep really, really, you know, actually begin for you? Um, yeah, so pretty much I, I was racing in Europe, and uh, – uh, I think, shoot, I don't know, maybe two or three months ago. I'm not even sure the exact exact month. Uh, I ended up with Salmonella, so that that took me out honestly for a good like month and a half, two months, I would say. Yeah. Um, like just from, I, I wasn't sick that long. Really, I was sick for maybe a week and a half, two weeks, and then but just the antibiotics and stuff they had me on to get it fully out of my system. That stuff was pretty like gnarly and just didn't make me feel that well. Right. So yeah, it took took me a while to get recovered from that, and then uh. I actually like only rode I think five or six days before I got the call to race SMX. Yeah, yeah, I, I raced those uh, three super motocross races and they were cool. I, I was glad to be a part of it. It was kind of a legendary thing, especially to be in the, the LA Coliseum. That was sweet. I'm sure. And then uh, yeah, I got back from that and I've honestly just been riding outdoors for I think it's been two weeks now or close to two weeks since uh, since the last SMX race. So nice. Uh, yeah, just been doing doing some outdoor riding on a my old old blue bike and yeah. uh yeah just getting ready for the supercross season trying to put some things together for that uh i think uh within the next few weeks or so i should be hopping on the supercross track so that's awesome what do you do really in in your off time to to recover when you're not riding or not training what do you what do you like to do in your off time <laughs> uh honestly video uh, games i like to do a whole lot is of it video nothing. games yeah, <laughs> and honestly like uh I play, uh, I, I got myself a computer, like, I don't know, last, went during Supercross sometimes, so I've just been, been playing some of that, but honestly, like, I, I do a lot of nothing, I guess. Yeah, Like, yeah. downtime, but really, it's not like you have much downtime, because you're always trying to get better, so for me, like, I feel like I've always just want to keep getting better, so I don't really take that much time off. I just keep going and going and going, you know? Yeah, I hear you. You play bikes or sim or what? 
Yeah, I play sim and then uh, like GTA roleplay. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, the GTA roleplay is some fun stuff to get into for sure, especially if you got a good server. Yeah, man, that stuff is uh is fun. We got to get you on bikes. I play a lot of bikes in my in my off time, if you want to consider it off time. But um, yeah, I, I actually really never got into sim uh too much, but I do like some MX bikes. So if you get into it in the future, hit me up and we'll uh we'll rip on some tracks for sure. Um. But I, you know, you were talking about the MXGPs, and you had the chance to to race, I believe, two of them before you got sick. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I did three, but oh, three. The, the one in the the one in Indonesia was the third one. And actually, I had to crash on Saturday in the qualifying race. I like, crashed off the start, and I snapped my bar mounts, and I hit the ground pretty hard. And um, I honestly like started feeling sick like that night. Or I honestly like right after the moto, like I had a super bad headache and and migraine and just like sick to my stomach and I honestly had thought I hit my head a little bit. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, like I probably have a little concussion, you know. And um, honestly, maybe it probably wasn't the best idea to race if I had thought that. But the next day I woke up and I was like, dude, I'm all the way out here. Like I gotta at least try. So I I rode the next day Sunday and raced, but I I still felt sick. I didn't feel okay. Yeah. And I like I. I honestly thought I just, I was like, dang, I must've hit my head yesterday. Like that's probably, you know, I'm feeling it today from that. And, um, I raced those, the two thirty-five minute motos. I think it went like 17, 18 or something, which obviously not the best, but, um, yeah, I did those and same thing. Like when I got done, I just felt super sick and sick to my stomach. And, um, so then the next, the next day we flew to a different part of Indonesia because we had two rounds there. Right. And, um, yeah, same thing like i was just all right maybe you know give it a few days i should start feeling better at some point and uh it never really got any better so yeah. then like tuesday wednesday i was like okay maybe i have covid like i've done a lot of traveling so maybe i and it was the same type of symptoms like the fevers the chills and you know hot cold hot cold hot cold right just like sick and so yeah i thought i had covid honestly and then um i was like okay i'll give it a few more days like I've had COVID a few times and you give it a few days to run its course. It normally, you know, tapers off and start, you start feeling a little better. And I think it was uh Thursday or Friday night, Thursday night before the second race in Indonesia. And I, I told the team manager, I was like, dude, I, I have to go to the hospital or somewhere. Like I'm not getting any better. It's if anything, it's getting worse, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah. So I, I went to the hospital there. They, they listened to my stomach and they were like, yeah, we're pretty sure you have salmonella, but uh, we'll do a blood test to make sure. And, they did that, and like an hour or so later, they came back and like, yeah, you're positive for, for uh, salmonella. So, man, that's uh, yeah, that's rough for sure. Um, speak about just the experience, because this is obviously this was obviously your first time uh, heading overseas to do these MXGPs. Was that was that a really cool feeling and chance whenever you got the call to go over there and do it? Yeah. It was super cool. Like I, I'm still forever grateful. Like the whole SM Action team, like they were, they're such a cool like group to be around and, and like super like all or super uh, supporting like all in. You know, obviously, uh, I'm not super young, but I'm only 21 or 22. So, um, I was 21 while I was over there, but, um, so I was still pretty young to be in a different country like by myself. It's not like I had anybody, any family or anyone I knew. You know. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was cool. I was, I was super grateful for that. It was it was definitely a, an experience. Like being in, I was based out of Italy, so just staying in Italy and everybody's obviously they speak Italian. Some people speak English a little bit, but it's not like you know very very good or or whatever as as they would here. But 
Yeah. Um, that's to be expected. And even like going to the grocery store or something, like it's so much harder than you think <laughs> because everything's in Italian. Like half the time I didn't even know what I was buying. I would just get back to the like to the apartment and I would I would eat it. I'm like, Oh yeah, that tasted good. I guess I'll get that again, you know? Yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> so just little stuff like that. It, it was cool. I, I really enjoyed it and even like we uh I spent some time in like Belgium and Holland and, and those places I feel like are more like the US to me. Uh a lot of people, a lot more people, I guess, speak English and stuff there. And, uh, yeah, it, it was cool. The sand tracks there are super gnarly as well. <laughs> oh, I'm but, sure. Yeah. The Imperial yeah, it, it, Go ahead. It, it was a good time all around. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, that was awesome. I, I heard about it, um, you know, through some sources that that's where you were heading. And, man, that's that was pretty cool, especially for, you know, where uh, where you've came from and how much you've progressed over the, the last couple of years and, um, for you to be, get a chance to go over and race some MXGPs, you know, there's not a lot of um, people that get chosen, you know, to uh, or have the chance to go over there and do that. So, um, no, that's uh, that's really awesome. The Imperative MX Podcast, episode number 27, with Devin Simonson on the line, brought to you by Total Control Racing Suspensions. Heavy D, my dog. Heavy, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> So she like, what's the? I, I know you like uh, doing your own thing right now. We uh, we got any plans coming up? Like, as far as doing some uh, local races, or we just like staying strictly Supercross and getting ready for the season? Not not a whole lot of local racing. I obviously I'm gonna do the uh, the Muddy Creek Two Shirk race. Nice. Um, yeah that that's a big one i even if you don't do well like it's just cool to go out there and support it you know absolutely they, they're sports and that whole crew they do it every year and it's cool so um and it's for a good cause you know so just going yeah the victory sports race and i think i saw the the silver valley they posted that a few days ago um so i'm not I, i'm not exactly sure that i'll go go do that either but um yeah it's definitely in the back of my mind i should say oh hey look we, we, I, I need that. I need that. Like twenty, what was it? Twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen. Simonson, that kid just went out there and raced anything. Just, just took all the money. I, I need that Simonson back for like two races. Muddy Creek <laughs> and Silver Valley. Then you can go straight back. I don't care anymore. I just need. I just need Simonson back out for 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 the local scenery. Local scenery for like two races. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll definitely be at Muddy Creek. It's tough, like for the Silver Valley one. Because obviously I want to go and do well, and not not saying I couldn't even if I was riding Supercross, but at that time I'm like two or three weeks into Supercross, you know, and then it's like ah, oh, I got to go race an outdoor race, you know. So that's the only yeah thing on that. But I'll probably honestly, it's pretty close to the house, so I'll probably be there. <laughs> I was about to say, man, you got to make an appearance to the local national, bro. You got to make an appearance. <laughs> yeah, and the track looked badass last year, so I'll probably be there. <laughs> it's gonna be reversed this year. Oh snap! Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, you're gonna have the it's, big triple up the hill bro. this time. Yeah, Heavy D knows knows more than I do, but yeah, man, it's gonna be backwards and yeah, it's still gonna be gnarly, oh. but it's gonna be a fun time for sure. I'll be announcing too. That's so. I've laid eyes on it all. Oh, uh-huh. I said you're gonna be out there on the sticks and the dozer. Oh yeah, most definitely leading the way. <laughs> no choice. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hey, hey. Spe- uh, speaking of uh, Burkeen, have you had some local battles with him at some of these tracks? Um, shoot. 
Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm sure you guys I know, have probably think, somewhere at some point in time. Yeah, I think we've had a few. Honestly, here at South of the Border, I know we've probably had a few battles. Um, oh, yeah. I'm not really uh, – he honestly whooped my ass last year at Muddy Creek. I mean, he kind of whooped everybody's ass. Yeah, but. <laughs> he was he was a man on a mission last year to get that check, you dude. know, so. Yeah. He was cleaning house last year, dude. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, I'm sure somewhere at some point we've had some battles. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Super Motocross, man, I know you talked about it a little bit off the rip, but um, – Talk to me about that. I'm sure you had a limited amount of time on the bike, obviously, like you said, and we talked about it in Charlotte uh, there when I came by the uh, came by the rig. Outside of results, how really was it for you overall in the whole inaugural SMX experience, and what did you think of the new series coming into play? I mean, I think the series and everything, is, it's cool. It's it's sweet, obviously, for, for us privateers, too. It's an option to make quite a bit of money if, you, if you're doing well. For me personally, I didn't enjoy it that much. Probably not as much as I should have just because of my results. Like, yeah, like I said, I I think I found out on the Tuesday night before Charlotte um, that I was in. Yeah. So it was kind of a bit of last minute. I didn't even ride the Cowie. I've been riding the Yamaha, like I said, so I didn't even get to ride the Cowie till Charlotte, like till the race day oh, or wow. Friday, I guess. Yeah. Luckily, we have that, that Friday before. And I was on a brand new Supercross setting and just – no excuses, but I, I just straight up wasn't ready. Like I, I had only rode the Yamaha for a week after coming back from Dominella, so I, I wasn't too prepared, honestly, at all for any of those races. So I got kind of got my ass kicked. But <laughs> <laughs> <it was still> <laughs> fun. <laughs> yeah, that's all that matters. And yeah, I mean, like you said, going to the Coliseum, I bet you that had to be cool. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was super cool, honestly. Like just going up and down the Peristyle, it was sweet. I, it was one of those things like you'll never forget, you know. Yeah, for sure, especially since we may never uh, go back or it might be a really long time until we actually go back there. So it was really cool that you got the experience at least to be there and ride it because, you know, a lot of our, um, you know, legends growing up, right, they they have been there um, and raced in it too. So, um, yeah, I, I'm sure that that was really, really cool. Um, I know we talked about this uh, over text, but any updates for next year or are we still uh, on the Privateer 450 route for next year? Let us know. Uh, I have a few options. I think, thinker that are coming to coming to the works, but um, nothing like for sure yet. Uh, my my main thing right now is doing the privateer 450. Like uh, that's my main, I guess, thing I'm I'm leaning towards. Okay. Um, but I do I I have a few other things that are coming coming too. But um, yeah, nothing really set in stone yet. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I was actually talking about um or um. I was going to say SX on the 450 was was great for you. Um you know making your first main in that mud fest in MetLife um which obviously was a wild race for sure. So overall, how did the Supercross experience for you on the 450 go? Oh man, it was good. Like uh honestly, I raced the first one at um uh Arizona uh Glendale. Yep. And I think I got like 6th or something in the LCQ, but same thing for for that like on the flight there, I decided to ride a 450, so I didn't have any practice on it. I just hopped on, uh, hopped on the bike and and raced it for the first or rode it for the first time Saturday morning. And no choice. Yeah, I got like six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no choice. <laughs> uh, I got like six or something in LCQ, and and I honestly was like, okay. So after that, I was like, I'm staying. I want to stay 450 the rest of the year. And luckily, Julian was was about it, and 
Um, I ended up going to Atlanta the next weekend, and I was a little sick um, Friday, and I, I woke up feeling better on Saturday, so not really any excuses for that either, but I, I got my ass whooped. I think I got like 10th or something in the LCQ, and like I instantly started regretting my decision. I was like, oh, man. And, and to be fair, like I probably wasn't as strong as I needed to be for the 450, like especially on the a high speed track like that with supercross suspension. Like, yeah, I was just getting ass kicked everywhere and, uh, I struggled a lot and yeah, I kind of was like starting to regret my decision going to the 450. And then like, I went to MetLife the next weekend and, and won the LCQ and like rode really good. So, and then it was like the complete opposite of the weekend before, you know, I was like, heck yeah, like I'm pumped about this, you know? And then, uh, yeah, I think I, I made the last like four or five main events. So that was, that was good. And I topped it off with a ninth at Salt Lake. So yeah, no, that was, that was awesome. And, and honestly, I was the only person in the press box that was like, Simonson got in for the LCQ and everybody else, you know, all, everybody else in there were looking at me like I was crazy, but I was like, dude, this is his first, you know, 450 main event that he's able to get into unfortunate, you know, unfortunate conditions, of course, but Dude, you got in, and you know you're, uh, you know, one of the top one percent of riders that have ever made, you know, a 450 Supercross main event. So I know that that probably felt really good for you, and and especially moving forward, right? Because you have those results in your pack pocket to help out, you know, with your privateer route or whatever that you do for next year, and people can, um, you know, kind of see that, and you know, you grab enough points for next year if you ride some, uh, you know, some outdoors and stuff like that, you may have a better chance, you know, of getting inside that, um that top 30 to uh to you know go back to the smx and have a chance at some more money yeah man that's the that's the overall goal with it uh i i plan on i want to do outdoors obviously right now it's a bit early to start planning for that i i still like i said i still have to put the puzzle together for the the supercross program but it's coming together and uh yeah that's the plan though i want to race supercross and motocross and then the super motocross as well so yeah no that's awesome um the Imperative MX podcast here with Devin Simonson. Heavy D? I know you said you got some stuff in the works, but, like, prior to that, I mean, did you have any uh, – did you get anybody on board uh, to help you out with uh, some privateer stuff? Um, I had a few people, like, get in contact with me. No, no like, big main sponsors, I guess you could say. Just right. just some, some uh, people that I guess love the sport, you know, and want to want to help out uh, – a privateer but yeah i didn't have any main like big big uh sponsor you know wanted to come on board but i had a few like yeah i guess guys that like i said love the sport and just want to help a privateer out hit, uh, hit me up so that was cool I, and i still like i i'm still leaning more towards that way than than what uh, the other plans i have so um yeah but anything you know it, it can change by the day or by the hour really so yeah yeah it just depends Oh, yeah, dude, it's, like, it's crazy. I mean, it's, like, trying to get on with something and do your own thing. It's, like, you, you, you lean towards, I mean, I don't know. I've heard a lot of guys, several guys, like, that kind of like the privateer route better than doing something, like, small and satellite. I don't know what, like, I'm not trying to, like, out anybody or trying to get you to out anybody, but, like, hearing it in, like, from some other guys, like, not naming any names, but they kind of like the privateer route rather than going to somebody, another team that's kind of up and coming just because, I guess, of what they have to run to get the money to keep the team going, you know, rather than them just, like, doing their own ordeal. Yeah, no, that's – I mean, yeah, that's definitely true. Like, uh, 
it's hard to say because for me, like, uh, obviously as an amateur, I've done, I did it all myself for me and my dad, you know, we drove to Texas, drove to Cali, drove, you know, drove everywhere. And we did it, I guess, privateer or whatever you want to say, obviously it's an amateur. So it's a bit different. It's not 17 rounds of supercross and each weekend, you know, you're going somewhere different, but it's still gnarly. Like it's still a grind. And so that, that was the main thing for me ever since I went pro is like, I've never really had to do that. So now that like I am trying to figure it all out, I, it's a lot to like figure out, I guess, everything. But if, if you can figure it out, I feel like, yeah, it, it'll work. Obviously it worked. I mean, it works for plenty of people. It's just a matter of figuring everything out logistics wise and how to get your bike here. Or am I going to drive my bike out there to Cali, stay there for the month or, you know, how I just, how everything's going to work. You know, it's, it's quite a bit to put together, but, um, and yeah, I, I agree. Like, free isn't always best you know so if you're if you're getting a free part but it's not the best like you know well why run it i guess but uh obviously like you said the, the, the smaller teams up and coming sometimes that's what pays their bills and i get it like i'm not against it also i, I understand what they have to do to, to get the rig down the road but at the same time it's like dude you know why why run something that's making the bike worse when you can just run a, or run it stock you know and, and it would be better but yeah i don't know i i get it yeah. Oh, yeah. You hit that on the head. Like, <laughs> I like the way you put that for sure. I think the comfortability <laughs> comes into play too, right? Like suspension and uh, chassis things and engine and, you know, handlebars, you know, grips. Like, you know, those small things, you know, you got you pro riders are very finicky with, you know, your setup. And, and it, of course, you know, that's that's what you guys need to need to have to be able to put in the results that, that you that you want but maybe the comfortability um you know helps out even more with you know if you're able to get some sponsors on board that you're more comfortable with you know it, it might be a little better of a route and i've heard that from multiple riders and why some of them actually have just gone the privateer route the entire time because they know what they want and uh they can get some help from from those individuals within those companies that can uh, you know, help them out to make them more comfortable on the bike so they can put in, you know, really good results and they do really well by themselves. So I kind of see it that way too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, pretty much exactly like you said, yeah. It's it's all about comfortable and, and uh, being comfortable on your motorcycle. I think that equals to being to, – to be for you – I should rephrase that, I guess. The more comfortable you are on your motorcycle, I feel like the harder you can push and – and, you know, you might not be afraid to send it a bit more into a turn or send it a bit faster into the loops. If you're if you're second-guessing your bike, it's it's hard to hit the loops fourth gear wide open, you know what I mean? So, uh, Trust me, my, my last pro race was in the whoops in uh, Baltimore Arena Cross, so trust me, I, I know what yeah. you're feeling. So, <laughs> and that, that, was my, that was my main struggle on the 250, honestly. Like, I, I don't know how I, how I was struggling with it because it was similar to my setup on the 450. Right, but just I set up and on 250. My dad's like, "Why aren't you like? Why are you scared to hit the loops?" I'm like, "Dude, I don't trust my bike. Like, I, you know, and and it's no hate to any any of the suspension guys or anything that were helping me out because, right, I like I said, it's similar to the same setup as my 450, but it was on the 250, and I just was struggling on it. Like I was like, I I don't trust to go fourth gear wide open into him. Like you you go hit him fourth gear wide open on something you don't trust. <laughs> you know? Hey, yeah. like like one like like quick question for me. Just out of cute and not trying to like I say like out anybody. You didn't even gotta say I like names or anything, but like being on like a few privateer teams and stuff, you know, has it ever been like a time 
like even with some of the other teammates, it's like speaking of like parts and other stuff that you don't feel as good. You feel like they aren't good, but they run them because they kind of have to pay the bills. Has it ever been a time where it's like everybody's like, dude, like this kind of this isn't good, like, but they couldn't get away from it. Like it wasn't just you; it was more than one. Like, have you ever had a time where it's like multiple teammates just like they 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 say it's not good, but like the team's just kind of like, well. I mean, it is what it is. We got to run it. Um, uh, yes and no. Like, there maybe not necessarily something that was on the bike, but you know, some stuff we were wearing as as far as gear and stuff like that. Yes. Right. Right. And it, yeah, just certain stuff. Like, obviously, the vision is is key. So if you can't see, it's kind of hard to go fast as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. But there's, I mean, yeah, there's been a few things just. Like some, yeah, like honestly, suspension wise, like you know, they, uh, there's some some shock stuff that I don't think works as well on a on a certain bike that would on another bike. But you know, like I said, whatever pays the bills to keep the truck rolling, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I hear you on that, and uh, yeah, I completely uh, agree, and and uh, I've heard it from multiple riders themselves. So, um. But going back to the to the local scene a little bit, uh, who was your local legend growing up? We might have I, I might have asked you the last time that you came on the episode earlier in the year, but who was one? Who was you know those local legends that you looked up to from around the North Carolina area when you were starting out? Um. Well, so I didn't move to North Carolina until I was like twelve. Okay. But even and like, um, obviously I spent some time here at the border and and at another facility. So like. Like I was big fan Cooper Webb, obviously, and and even Shane McGrath. Yep. Big like super cool. Um, I like those two really. Like okay. So like I, I kind of looked up to those guys since I was pretty young. I'm gonna show my and, age uh, here. Every single weekend that there was a Victory Sports and uh, I showed up, I had to race McGrath every single yeah. time and just got yeah. my ass handed to me every single time. He's like Burkeen. He does so well yeah. at Muddy Creek, and I have no idea how he does it. It's just it's yeah, man. it's crazy because I, I I'm not a really big I probably because I my results don't show, and I've never really done that well at Muddy Creek outside of some vet class races that I've done. But yeah, dude, those guys are unbelievable at that at that place. Yeah, I yeah, they, honestly, yeah. There's some people that go so fast at Muddy Creek. And honestly, that's probably one of my worst tracks I've ever been to. Like I, I've never really struggled at a track, but every time I go to Muddy Creek, I find myself like, "Why did I even come here?" I'm but not, uh... <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I I I feel the same way. So trust me, it's not just you. So, but but yeah, but it, man, those like, those dudes rip on that track for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, man, I appreciate you coming on to the podcast once again, and um. Yeah, man, I'm sure I'll see you. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to uh, make it out to uh, Anaheim one in a lot of races this year, and uh, have some awesome people supporting me behind the scenes. So, um, yeah, man, keep in touch, and I appreciate you coming on to the podcast once again. Yeah, man, no problem. And thanks for having me on. And yeah, I'm sure I'll I'll see you soon. You're gonna go to Muddy Creek or any? Or yeah, like you said you'll be at Silver Valley. You're gonna be at Muddy Creek. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to to go out to uh, Muddy Creek. But if I if I don't, I better see you at Silver Valley. Uh, I'll tell you right now. I'll, as long as everything lines up, I'll be there. All right, sounds good. Sounds good, man. I appreciate you again uh, again uh, coming on to the podcast. And man, we'll talk soon. Yeah, man, sounds good. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, not a problem.
See you later. Yeah. It's really good to have Devin Syveson on the on the podcast, Heavy D, once again. He's a he's a good guy, and we've known him for quite a long time. And I tell you what, that seventy on a Yamaha hits different. I'm telling you. Oh, dude, like, man, Simonson is my guy. We go way back. I mean. I remember when he was just a little shit. I threw him in the creek at Loretta's. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. I remember us talking about that on the last spot. <laughs> hey. Oh, man. Like, he, he's an awesome dude, man. He's so laid back, cool as hell. And I've always loved watching him ride, man. That kid has grinded and grinded and grinded since day one. And he's still at it. Like, I love watching him ride Supercross because, dude, his style is so fluid. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. I always – I always thought, like, man, if somebody gave him, like, an opportunity or a good ride, he would – I think his – like, he would do insane. Like, he would go above and beyond, like, especially in Supercross. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, uh, he's he been really, really good for a long time. And I'll tell you what, when I went to High Point for the Loretta's Regional when I was doing 25-plus and he was out there and he was in the pro class and he was waxing everybody on that Yamaha – Dude, it was it was unbelievable to watch, and um, yeah, man, to see where he's come just from that uh, to where he is now, man, it's a it's an awesome story, and um, yeah, he ain't no little shit no more. He's a he's a top one percent uh, four fifty you know rider now, so it's uh, it's oh. awesome to see, and glad that he came onto the pod again. Hundred percent, he gets down, man. I know. I wish. Like every a, a lot of these riders, their career wasn't based off just Loretta's, you know. Right. And they could base it more off of how they do out do throughout the year. Go to some of these regional qualifiers and other other nationals, man, because he hadn't had the best luck at Loretta's. Right. But man, like through the year, like he he's always done so good, like. Some of the big local races, some big money races, where a lot of the guys he would have to race would be there, even a high point that year. Yep. Man, right. it's like, dude, it's like, go watch that because high point is a track. They, it's a natural track. You got to race on the pro circuit. You know what I mean? Yep. That's right. I mean, I guess, you know, they base it off like how you handle the pressure and how the track forms and how you handle conditions. But at the end of the day, I mean, he, he he's one of the baddest dudes in my book so for sure for sure and yeah i mean you know he moved you know from um where he was and came down to south of the border in the north carolina area when he was 12 but it's cool to see that you know he looks up to the guys that he's having the race now you know in that in that 450 class like shane and and cooper you know you always start somewhere and it's crazy that you know he ends up uh having to race those guys now and um yeah, I mean, you know, those those two right there are definitely local legends from from around the area, and uh, I'm sure he's he's on the move to make himself a local legend as well. So, um, but man, well, that's it for this episode number 27. Did you have it? it I didn't have anything else because I know when we talked to Trey, we talked uh, some MXDN and SMX and career numbers and stuff like that. Did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about before we end it here? I was going to ask you the other day. Oh, boy. I forgot to. Oh, boy. You, I know, like, I've been I've been <laughs> a heavy on the YouTube grind here lately, bro, like, watching a bunch of YouTube. Yep. And do you watch Chad Reed's uh, YouTube, Benny? Uh, yeah. Every now and again when I get a chance and he posted up a new uh, a new video, I saw 
that newest one that he put out from the uh, Verb Classic down there at Next Level. Dude, you need to watch the one from Monster Mountain and him and Josh Grant doing the dad race on their son's Super Minis. Insane. Him and Grant Dude. both, I'm sure. Huh? I said him and Grant both were probably monsters on those things. Dude, they they were battling. It was unreal. <laughs> like, if you did you got to watch them ride Super Minis. I'm oh. talking – it is mind-blowing. It's wild. It's um, you know, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, it's the it's the bike, this and that, this and that, dude." It doesn't matter what bike those guys are on; they're gonna wax everybody's ass. You know what I'm saying? Not I'm sure they, they were probably putting in faster lap times than some of the A riders. Dude, they look, okay. I call them super minis, but they were bone. They were 85s, but they were just on big wheels. Right, right, right. Dude, you talking about watching them hit jumps, lay in the corners? Like, <laughs> go through breaking bumps. You would have thought these dudes were at Loretta's going at it. That's hilarious. That's awesome. Is Chad? Uh, you think Chad's ever gonna uh, race Loretta's? I, honestly, I think they both will. Here's 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 my theory, and I, I I mean I could be wrong, but Stewart says he's going to come back and race Loretta's. I feel like the year he does. It'll be him, Grant, Carmichael, and Reed. They'll all do it. I think they'll all do it at the same time. That would be honestly unbelievable. You want to talk about history repeats itself. You know what I'm saying? And these guys all racing again. Stewart comes out of mega, mega retirement. And Chad and Josh and all those guys that race each other, you know, what, a decade ago or, you know, or so. And now they're battling for a title. Like, yeah, man, that would be unbelievable. I feel like, like me personally, I think they it'll probably be a couple more years, but I think they would do it because by that time, I don't think they would really care who wins. I think it would just, honestly, if all of them did it, it would be just so badass for the sport. Like that year, it will, I guarantee you, if they was to do it, that will, that year at Loretta's will be the biggest year ever at Loretta's. Oh, I they guarantee will never, They would never have a, a, a head count like they would have that year. Like, it would be insane. You think it's a pro, like, five pro nationals at there. Well, you think it's packed now. Wait until all of them get on the gate. That place will be at an absolute mob scene. People will be parked out uh, right there where the country store is. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, it would be... Literally. It would be insane. You're right on that. Like, I just feel like... Like, I think a lot of them, like, to this day, like, none of them want to lose. They're always going to have an ego about winning. But I think, like, now, like, they're cool. But I feel like if they went out there, nobody would care who won. They would just love to see them all race again. Just be on one gate one more time before it's just all said and done. Like, I understand pro career is dumb, but, like, that is – that era right there, like, that – I know we got Jet, Tomac, you know, Kenny, like, Coop, all those guys out there right now, but – that, that was the era, era. Right yeah, dude. That that's just the era you you had to be there for it, man. That's right. When, when you say you had to be there, that's it. That's and right. I feel like that's 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 one of those ones, man. Like it would be so insane. No, that was awesome, and yeah, I'll definitely go and check out that video for sure. I missed out on that one, but um, yeah, uh, Loretta's would be so big that year for sure. And um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try for thirty plus next year. I've I've 
kind of give given in, and I'm gonna try for 30 plus next year. So we'll see what uh, see what happens for sure. And um, yeah, I want to do well. I, I kind of want to want redemption. That 32 and 36 uh, results for Zach Newberry up on the Loretta's vault uh, doesn't look too good in my eyes. So I want to go back for a little bit of redemption and um, try to go every year after that if if I can and able to for sure. Um, and yeah, we got to get you out there, Heavy D. We can't, we can't miss another one. We can't miss another oh, no. one. We got to go. If, we, if you, when you make the Loretta's, I'm going to be right there. Let's go. I'm going to be. You can right be my, there. you be my mechanic. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to be right there. Like there's no <laughs> doubt about it. He said he's going to give me a pep talk right before I go on to the gate. That's Dude, awesome. I'm going to have a boosty fade with pit vipers on. <laughs> 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 you'll the, you'll be on Moto hey, Playground for sure. Absolutely, Boosie Faye with Pit Vipers. Remember, uh, I can't remember where it was from. It was one of the older videos where one of the dads was handing or was uh had on the pit board uh breathe, but it's the guy, it's a guy in a voiceover where he's like breath, 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 <laughs> 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 with you with the Pit Vipers and a little white towel. Oh man, that would be awesome. And, uh, oh, man. Yeah, man, this has been a fun episode number 27 here, and I hope you guys, the listeners, have enjoyed this episode number 27 on the Imperative MX podcast where we spoke about local motocross racing action and state championships uh, coming up this weekend. We had a great convo with our newest journal- journalist and writer on the website, Trey Steyer, and we had a call in from Devin Simonson to speak about his year uh, MXGPs, SMX, what he plans on doing next year, going the privateer route, or maybe he has some options. Um, man, it was a really, really good uh, episode here. Don't forget to email your entry for the Mika Metal Handlebar Giveaway, imperativemx at gmail.com, for a chance to win a new set of handlebars of your choosing. So from the, PP, uh, the 50cc series all the way up to uh, the pro and hybrid and um, all of those series. So make sure to send your email in to imperativemx at gmail.com. And big thanks again to the companies who make this possible. West Virginia Motorsports, FXR, Dirt Industries Custom Graphics, Silver Valley MX Park, Hydropower, Mika Metals, Total Control Racing Suspension, and PR Motorsports. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Imperative MX Podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Threads, TikTok. Find us uh, on all of our social media platforms. And more local scene uh, podcasts are coming to Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else that you find your podcast nowadays. Make sure to check out ImperativeMX.com when you get the chance. And post on the forum. Post on the new local forum and the pro forum. I will be in there checking all of that stuff. So hope to see you guys on there. And of course, from myself, host Zach Newberry and co-host Heavy D. We're out. We'll see you later. Peace.